Zakempe dishes in front, another sliding catch saved by Flurry, this time to his right. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here is a left wing opportunity, Lizana sliding catch save, Robin Leonard, what a stop. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. At some time this hour, we will be giving away a VGK jersey and qualifying a lucky listener for two tickets to a Golden Knights game. That's coming up in hour number two of the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman back on the Finley uh, Automotive, uh, Finley Chevrolet on the 215 uh, Chevrolet Studio uh, on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is a lot of fun to get into because I want to know the best goal of the night last night. For the Vegas Golden Knights, they scored four, and all four of them were beautiful. So think about it right now. Text us. Let us know. Uh, tweet us. Uh, I'm curious uh, who you thought. Was it uh, Alex uh, Tuck and his end-end goal? Was it Mark Stone on the breakaway? Was it Nick Waugh with a shifty move, or was it Max Pacioretty with his 300th on the power play? We're also going to get into uh, what happened on the trade deadline yesterday. Who improved? Who left you puzzled? Who left you just wanting more, and if the balance of power shifted in any of the four divisions. Uh, let's start there. And in the West Division, the Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche both made moves. The teams in third and fourth did not in the Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues. Did anything change in your mind, good or bad, from a challenger to a team that uh, is contending, as far as where they rank inside that West Division, Wallace? Uh, no, not not really. I, I think that the Golden Knights, they, they looked at an opportunity at the deadline to try to make themselves a little bit deeper, a little bit better, and then they took that because they know they're among the top two teams in this division. And I think the Colorado Avalanche, they looked at their team and they said, where's the one area that could hurt us if it's not where it needs to become playoff time? It was goaltending. You go out, you acquire Devin Dubnik, you have that insurance policy should anything happen to Philip Grubauer. And I think Colorado looks at their team. They like the way that they're playing. They know that they are, are, are a deep team. There's a couple of depth additions as well. I, I think the Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche approach the deadline as we're really, really good. Let's just fortify things and let the chips fall where they may should each team face each other in the playoffs. But, and as far as far as Minnesota goes, like I, again, I, I can understand where you know if you're a fan of the Wild and you're looking at that and saying, you know, I, I wish Bill Guerin did something. I, I look at that team; they're ahead of schedule. Go out, get a little bit of that experience, that playoff experience. Who knows? Maybe they go on a little bit of a run, but I don't think it's worth jeopardizing the future because they're a bit ahead. Of, they're ahead of schedule right now. I said it to Bill, so I'll say it on this air. Uh, I, I have no issue. Uh, uh, I'm not talking around uh, Billy Garen. Uh, I would have liked to have seen something because you, you don't have the guarantee that you're going to get back here and, sure. and and get back to this spot and having a great regular season and challenging for home ice in, in the Stanley Cup playoffs for the first round or maybe beyond. So I, I would have liked to have seen something. The prices were high, and they were they uh, you saw David Riddick brought back a third-round pick. 
he was he was his team's backup goalie, and he went to Toronto. He's playing tonight uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and uh, and the, if everything goes according to plan, uh, he won't play more than a couple of games because it'll be uh, Campbell and and Freddie uh, Anderson. But uh, the the so the prices were high. I just uh, just to, to give your team a little bit of reward, I would have liked to have uh, seen that from the Minnesota Wild standpoint. St. Louis, I understand. Uh, in in fact. If anything, I thought St. Louis was going to trade one of their UFAs and then go with whoever was, was left. Uh, Doug Armstrong's done that before. Uh, he decided to stand pat. But n- nobody really made a move. Like Vegas was depth, and they did it at the at two hours before the, the trade deadline. Not quite the 11th hour, but uh, but pretty darn close. And and Colorado brings back a familiar name in face in Soderbergh, and then that's Dubnik, Dubnik and Patrick Nemeth on, on the blue line. Uh, there wasn't that big move in the West to 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 really separate anybody. And well, uh, Yanmark is is great, and uh, Dubnik and Nemeth are good for Colorado. It's still like anyone's game in that the way St. Louis is playing right now, and, yeah. and with uh, their game going with uh, the the range that that Minnesota has, and they don't show it every night. But boy, they can play you hard when when they're dialed in. Uh, they scare you. They really do. And I, when I say they scare you, that's scaring Colorado. That's scaring Vegas. That's scaring St. Louis. Everybody. Uh, they've just got that uh, that heaviness to their game. That in a series, uh, I think is 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 really critical. Uh, so I I don't think that that it it's tipped in anybody's favor more today than it was a week ago. Were, yeah, were, I, you, were either of you guys a bit surprised that the the I don't I guess I'll use the word bubble slash fringe playoff teams none of them made a move. I mean I know San Jose traded pieces away, but they were only four points out. A, the, a little bit in Arizona, but but here's the thing: I thought Arizona. This is this is how it, how I look at the Arizona Coyotes right now. They're they're a market that struggles to be relevant in the National Hockey League. And I don't think being a point out of the playoffs at this stage that you can you can sell off, even though their schedule is really difficult, I don't think you can sell off and and ask your your fans to pay up and be season ticket holders and 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 be patient again. You you just couldn't do it. Uh, I didn't expect them to add uh, by standing pat, I think I, I give them credit just for standing pat. And I think that was almost adding, in, in, as weird as that sounds, by just being a point out and not selling, I think was a really strong message uh, by, by the Arizona Coyotes. And, and that's where it's, it's all relative, right? Uh, yeah. the, any, anybody else, if that was uh, anybody else, I would have said, you you got to be all in uh, to be trying to make the playoffs. But just the fact that the, that the Coyotes, who uh, who had a good following prior to the pause last year, uh, didn't sell off and didn't just fold their cards, I think is a real positive. You know, I, I look at Arizona, and, and I've gone back and forth on this because I, I, I look at this as a team that, you know, when, when we look at the draft picks or lack of draft picks, and it's not as bad as we kind of initially thought it was with Arizona, they don't have a first-round pick in this upcoming draft. But again, in 2022, they've got all their draft picks. They, they are and not they have two as, seconds as, this year. Yeah, exactly. They're not as bare as, as I initially thought that they were. Uh, the, the, the problem or, or the confusion for me when it comes to Arizona is 
what is this team? Who are they? What is their identity? And, and I think that you can maybe make the argument that that not selling off at this deadline is going a step in the direction of, of trying to forge an identity for this club. This is a team that if you believe you are close, you don't blow it up. You don't break up and, and send the wrong message to the players in that room that, that there's no belief in the mm-hmm. players in that room. And, and I think that there's merit in that. It'll be interesting to see how the Arizona Coyotes react to it, right? Like they, 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 Fell behind early against Colorado yesterday. Played they a hard a game, though, of, right? They, they showed a little bit of fight in that game. They got it back, uh, gave Colorado a bit of a scare. There was a lot of chippiness at the end of that game. No no uh, wilting from the, the Arizona Coyotes. I'm curious to see how they respond down the stretch with a very difficult schedule and if they can find a way to sneak into the playoffs. Do either of you buy the narrative of fringe teams not being big buyers because they won't get the playoff revenue that they normally because I've, I've I heard that thrown around a bit. No, I threw it around. Well, well, but in other locations, various <laughs> you know various people I listened to or, or or I've seen on Twitter, that yeah. was the narrative they were selling. No, I I threw that around. I think that there was certainly some of that uh, in play uh, around the league. But when it comes to Arizona, uh, I had a I had one of those uh, snarky conversations with a colleague. Uh, that got a little heated uh, about the Arizona Coyotes, and 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 this person is is not a big fan of what they have uh, inside that locker room, and uh, you know the the phrases that you hear uh, about certain teams. I I sure they have flaws, but they do have some players that are that are more than just okay. And I know that they, they, they're going to go a couple of drafts with it without a first round, and uh, they've changed ownership again, and they've changed managers again. But if, if they can keep their coach, who I really like, I'm a big fan of, mm-hmm. uh, in, yep. in Rick Tockett, and do a little bit of tweaking, they, they have uh, some, some leverage, um, uh, some assets in, in goal. Uh, I don't think that they're as far away as, as uh, a lot of people believe. And it would have been a disservice to to fold up and sell off and uh i'm i'm happy that at least they didn't do that because being and i don't know whether they're going to when seattle comes into play whether they're going to be the team that moves, moves over to the central or or what uh what's going to happen because one of those clubs it's going to have to slide but i uh i i think a, a good arizona team would be so great for a rivalry uh to add to it uh with with the with the golden knights and uh i i was i was pleasantly pleased uh about uh about uh, the what the, the direction that the arizona coyotes took now as for playoff revenue yeah i i, I think there's some of that in there uh do you do you not do you do you avoid taking on salary uh down the stretch because you're not going to have those those two or three games of playoff revenue in in the first round, uh, I can I can certainly see that uh, being a play and being uh, an influence in in certain markets for this one year of 2021. See now I I yeah. I, I think I I may side with your colleague that you had the argument with here because at what point this is now the third year in a row where they're close, but I don't feel like they're gonna take that next step. So at what point? But before the, that, the, they weren't even close. Yeah, but 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 at some point, you have to make that move to to become a good or an elite team. You can't just stay middling because when you stay in the middle, that that's like the worst place to be, right? You don't. No, want to no. Be. The worst place to be is where they were and where the Buffalo Sabers are. 
that's the worst place to be. Well, I don't know. Chris. There's only one direction to so, go, but up from there. So, so oh, hold you- on, hold, hold on. You're telling me <laughs> that you would rather be where the Buffalo Sabers are than be the Arizona Coyotes, a point out of first place, trying to make the playoffs for a second straight year. Is that what you're telling me? That's not. That's not. That's not fully what I'm saying. But when you're bad, at least you you have the the opportunity to maybe get better because you have high draft picks. Maybe maybe you hit on on one of those high draft picks when you're right in the middle and you're you're not terrible, but you're not good. You're kind of mediocre. It does. There's no guarantee when you bottom out. No, that, no. That you're I mean, gonna and, hit. And, and me being a, a, a New Jersey Devils fan, I could tell you that I've 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 witnessed it. But Ch- Chapman. Yes, the Sabers got Jack Eichel in 2015. Yeah, but they they haven't really attempted to, to they, really get better. Chapman, though, have they? They have. They've gone through four coaches have. and three managers. Chapman, just because you bought them out, and just because you win a lottery, and just because you draft one of the best players in that draft, it's no guarantee that it's going to immediately or or over the course of two or three years change your organization. If that were the case, the Buffalo Sabres would not be where they right. are right now. Neither would Edmonton. And and uh, let's go back to Arizona. They did add. They they brought in Phil Kessel. They brought in Taylor Hall. They've made a push. They've, they've uh, made efforts to make this team better. Has it put them into a contender in the Central or a contender in the West? No. But they're a heck of a lot closer than they were before. Their crowds were up uh, last year. They had some relevancy within the market. And by not selling off, I think it was a good message uh, to the and – and that was what, what my debate was, was just you, you can't keep selling off every time that you have a, a, a difficult season. It just doesn't work as far as building a program, building – that, that team's been in the desert for 30 years. Like, you you got to be you you can't just hit the reset button every every couple of years and and hitting the reset button this year would have been a mistake. I, I'm impressed and and I give them credit for it for what they did in in standing firm. I th- I think it was the the difficult choice, right? Like that was not the yeah. obvious choice. Everyone expected that the Arizona Coyotes, if they if the deadline came and they were out of the playoffs, that they would look at some of the pieces on the back end, Alex Goligoski, Jason Demers, like expiring contracts that you could move and and try to bring something in. This is really giving it's putting it on in the laps of the players, right? Like it is, it is a vote of confidence in your room and it is a vote of confidence that says, Hey, you know what? We could have looked toward the future, but we want to see what you've got right now. Now it's time for the players to go out there and respond. And, and I think that there's, there's more you might learn about your team in that than, than you'd get in just acquiring more draft picks. I'm rooting for them. I really am. Uh, and I don't know whether they can make this happen because their schedule is difficult down the yeah. stretch. Uh, and Damien Echeverrieta is great. Uh, I'll forward you guys the, the – do you guys get the, the charts every day now that he puts out uh, regarding games left and opponents and magic numbers and all that kind of stuff? I'll make sure – he puts them out on, on Twitter uh, for each division. And he's from the player safety department, uh, one, of, one of the great guys in our, in our game. But he's been doing this for a few years, and it's a great way to follow the stretch drive. And I'll make sure that I retweet it out every day for for all of our followers and all of our our listeners, uh, and able to uh, better track uh, what's happening. But I'm 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 rooting for Arizona because of where they are. They they have to resign their coach. They have yeah. to they have to bring him Rick Tockett back. 
and and, and that staff uh, for where they are going in the right direction and what they can get out of Phil, whether you like Phil or not like Phil, he's still uh, an elite uh, player. They've played a couple of really good games. Uh, I would uh, uh, I would like to see them make a push towards a playoff spot and and beat up uh, a little bit on the on the odds uh, from where they are now. Uh, is can they beat a Colorado or or a Vegas in the first round? That's I mean, you saw what what Vegas did in the in the first period uh, on Friday night. Like it it was it was heavily tilted. But but Saturday or Sunday, Sunday was a better game. I you know what you just got to get in right yeah. and and it's not necessarily like the Arizona Coyotes if they're they're in a first round matchup against Colorado or they're in a first round matchup against the Vegas Golden Knights it's not like they'd be heavily favored there's not a lot of people that would expect much from them but at the same time I think right now as we stand there aren't many people that are expecting the Arizona Coyotes no. to get to that point either so there's merit in trying to prove people wrong there's merit in, in having that us versus them mentality and, and I think for the Arizona Arizona Coyotes, this is an opportunity for for you to see what you have in that room. Which players, which of those young pieces are going to step up and try to lead this team to a destination that not many think they can get to? Uh, from uh, uh, We'll get back to the league and because I want your opinions on the Central, uh, what happened in the East and what is happening in the North Division after the trade deadline. Uh, I also, uh, in this segment, want to uh, get your results of, of the opinions of who scored the nicest goal in the game last night in the 4-2 win over the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, it wasn't a night where a couple of went off skates and and, uh, and bounced around <laughs> to get in. They were all very, very uh, pretty. So A, B, C, or D, uh, first, second, third, fourth goal of the night. But uh, there's also a little bit of news uh, regarding the, uh, the Golden Knights. Uh, we know that uh, Ryan Reeves has been placed on long-term injury reserve, uh, that according to Cap Friendly, and uh, just tweeted out a couple of minutes ago, uh, Cody Glass has been reassigned to the Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, he was back uh, up after the Chandler Stevenson uh, suspension and was in the lineup, hasn't played the last couple, but uh, Cody Glass, uh, after playing one game with the Henderson Silver Knights, uh, is bound back towards the uh, American Hockey League. And with uh, Matthias Janmark coming in and uh, the play of, uh, of Nosek and Wah as of late, uh, I, don't, I don't think this is a big shock to, to anybody who's following the, the hockey club. No, it's not. And again, I think that when you look at uh, at what Cody Glass was able to do in his one game in the AHL with the Henderson Silver Knights, and and just kind of regaining that confidence, going at, going down there to dominate that league. I don't think that this is the worst thing in the world right now for Cody Glass. You go out there, you, you, you put your head down, you go to work, and then, you know what, you get your game to a spot where you, you feel confident, you feel good out there on the ice. Um, it's not it's not to say that Cody Glass isn't going to be an option or isn't going to be, be a piece that helps this team in the Golden Knights down the stretch and in the playoffs. Yeah, I think he's in the playoffs for sure. Yeah. Uh, and uh, no salary cap in the playoffs, so much easier to, to manage your roster. Uh, and there's, uh, I don't know whether, there's there's definitely no Calder Cup playoffs this year. I, and I haven't heard whether the Pacific Division is going to do a, any type of, I'll have to check him with, uh, with Brian McCormack and the voice of the Henderson Silver Knights and director of broadcasting uh, with the Henderson Silver Knights on that front. But I think it's a, it's a great opportunity. He scored a goal in his one game. I think he's got uh, a bit of a chip on his shoulder right now. Which you, you like Cody Cody's a happy go lucky kid. 
He's uh, he's he's very talented, and and having a bit of a, a chip, mean streak, uh, little prove you wrong uh, in his game, I think is is really positive as well to to motivate you. And if it's for the final fifteen games, uh, final month of the season that he's down there, or, or it's a week and he discovers his game and he and he's back up, uh, I, I I can't tell you right now, or, or wouldn't want to predict right now. Uh, but the acquisition of of, of Yanmark uh, on the wing moves things around a little bit for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, because uh, uh, of the of the numbers side of it and the salary cap. So uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, it's I, I don't think this is unexpected though. It's news, definitely news. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I wouldn't put this in the uh, shock to see it uh, category. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Who's uh, who's scoring the the nicest goal of the the game last night? Uh, the Alex <clears throat> Tuck end to end rush where he splits the defense and shoots it short side. Is it Nick Waugh with a little deke to the short side coming down the wing with Alec Martinez and Dylan Coglin trailing? Mark Stone short handed, uh, pulling away from Gabe Velarde and deking to the glove side or the three hundredth goal which was a snipe job by Max Pacioretty going short side shelf Chapman. What was the nicest goal of the night? I'm going to go with Mark Stone. I thought the fact that they had, on the previous, uh, well, the same power play, I mean, they had an earlier look at a shorthanded goal, and Cal Peterson was up to it, but I thought the way Mark Stone basically left his skates on one side of the crease, and mm-hmm. Peterson's body went the complete opposite direction of where his skates were, it was pretty. I mean... I like the fact that he was it Gabe Velarde that he pulled away from, yep. right? A really young guy who shouldn't be, you know, beaten in a foot race by by Mark Stone. Yet Mark Stone pulls away from him, and I thought it was just the best goal of the night. I, I really liked the move to beat Peterson, and it was a pretty big goal as well. Big man can move when he wants to. Yes. Uh, what about you, uh, Ryan Wallace? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going with Mark Stone. It's a shorthanded goal. Those those add a little bit more to to the importance uh, meter for me. Uh, it was a pretty move. Mark Stone showed off the wheels. He's an entertainer, and I was entertained thoroughly by that. Um, I did do a poll, so Darren, after you go, we'll give you – the poll results for which was the most impressive goal. I think you should get bonus points for the celebration of Mark Stone. I, well, that's just to be expected, right? Like, I, I was talking to Shane Noddy, or I was listening, I was over uh, overhearing Shane Noddy. I eavesdrop on Shane all, all the time. And I uh, shouldn't tell people that, but but I do because I steal a <laughs> bunch of stuff. I get, I get smarter when I'm around Shane Noddy. But uh, but Shane said something to the effect of, like, everybody should be happy once in their life. Uh, as happy as Mark Stone is when he scores a goal, it just, just and that rings true. Everybody just for for a couple of moments in their life should be looking and uh, and and looking and feeling like they're enjoying themselves as much as Mark Stone uh, is after he scored that goal, which was uh, outstanding. Uh, I'm going with Alex Tuck from a pretty yep. standpoint, like going end to end and then splitting the defense. That was '70s stuff. Like Lafleur <laughs> going through the neutral zone, gathering speed through the defense, and then scoring on Gilles Gilbert. Uh, that it was beautiful, and it with it with like high level speed, and then execution, and uh, and 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 the fact that he hadn't scored in a while, but was on his game and feeling the, the just trying that move uh, was 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 brilliant, and and coming up all the way through the ice, it uh, the only thing he was missing 
was uh, was the, uh, the 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 blonde locks uh, of Lafleur, or if uh, if he had no bucket on and the uh, the hair was flowing uh, back as as he as he just blitzed through the neutral zone. I thought that was outstanding. Can I just give a a, a big shout out to the pass from Thomas Yurko as well on the on the Nick Woggle because he stood in there and he took a hit, but he delivered that pass right on the tape, and and I mean it was a great play by him. It's like there's a delay in the studio. Don't you think that, Wallace? <laughs> yep. Like just the way the way it just that was echoes a, and, it, and it has well, a chance well, to come that back. Was a, that was a solid. That was a solid 35, 40 minute delay. Yeah, but 35, so, so, 40 so, minute sometimes delay. I, I don't I don't yeah. have the opportunity to speak during some some specific segments, so I have to sometimes. Make- most of the time, what are you talking about? You've been <laughs> all over this show. Well, most Come of the on. time, my, my mic is 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 muted. So I, I you know, but we've already who, said that. Well, yeah, who's but, in charge of that, Chapman? Yeah. You are. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm trying to be better about not interrupting. So, oh, this is we better. Can fix eh? that. Yeah. <laughs> well, the fans, Darren, are with you with 41 percent of the vote. Alex Tuck's end end goal was the most impressive goal of the night, according to listeners here. Uh, Mark Stone, second, 36%. Max Pacioretty, third, 12%. And Nick Waugh, 11%. Hmm. So what were those numbers again? 41% Alex Tuck, 36% Mark Stone, 12% Pacioretty, 11% Nick Waugh. Hmm. That's uh, that's pretty good. Like there was no zeros in there or five percent single digit numbers. That's pretty good, yeah. uh, which tells you that the, all all four goals were big goals uh, on the night. So that's uh, that is outstanding. Do you want to draft for dough? Yeah, let's do it. So uh, I, this is actually really cool. We're going to get into it. The NFL draft is coming up, and draft for dough is here. Fox Sports Las Vegas and the DeHart team, Nova Home Loans, are giving one winner $1,000 in cash and a $250 Raiders Image Store gift card for making the right picks on day one of the draft. Go to lvsportsnetwork.com and pick your first 17 draft choices. You may win $1,000 in cash and a $250 Raiders Image Store gift card from the DeHart team at Nova Home Loans. Your picks must be in by Wednesday, April 28th. Chapman, not April 29th, not April 30th. It has to be in Wednesday, April 28th. Open to Nevada residents 18 or older. Complete rules available at lvsportsnetwork.com. So you got 15 days. If you did the math. Yes, yes. Today is today is the <laughs> April. So, yeah, April 13th. Darren, that's for you. Unbelievable. Uh, when we continue, uh, one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League and some uh, information that uh, will impact uh, a couple of Vegas Golden Knight top prospects and will give you an idea of what Peyton Krebs is up to these days. It's pretty darn good. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. On to the near wing. Big shot, he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. We wish uh, Chris Chapman the best of luck as he runs for the office of mayor for the city of Buffalo after saying today (laughs) that somebody in the National Hockey League, a.k.a. the Arizona Coyotes, should try to be more like the Buffalo Sabres and tried to make it sound like that was a good thing. 
It's not, in case you're wondering. But uh, still, we do wish Chris Chapman all the best as he runs for the senior political seat in the uh, civic uh, government of Buffalo. Now we're returning to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Uh, we have one-timers for you. The 2021 uh, Memorial Cup Championship Tournament of the Canadian Hockey League, which takes the winners from the Western Hockey League, the Ontario Hockey League, and the QMJHL, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, along with a host team. Uh, the uh, Memorial Cup will not be played for a second straight year. The Canadian Hockey League making that uh, official today because of uh, concerns surrounding the coronavirus. This is not really unexpected, but more of a confirmation uh, of it. Uh, the QMJHL began its season way back in October. They got the earliest start on everything, but they've gone through different uh, shutdowns and phases. In fact, Gatineau right now, which is a team just outside of Ottawa, but on the uh, Quebec side of the border, has 24 players right now dealing with the coronavirus. Uh, so that, uh, wow. yeah, that they, they just, like they took Vancouver and, and upped it. Uh, the um, Western Hockey League started uh, just in February. They're playing uh, in three different, uh, four different setups. Uh, one of those being a bubble in, in Regina, and that's where Peyton Krebs is playing right now with the Winnipeg Ice. He's on a 15-game point streak. Peyton Krebs, 15-game point streak uh, with the uh, with the Winnipeg Ice. So it's great to see that, uh, that in all the different uh, phases that he's played in, uh, with uh, Henderson and Team Canada at the World Junior Championship, and now in the in the Regina bubble, the Regina hub, uh, that he continues to go on. Uh, but uh, the the uh, Memorial Cup uh, canceled, uh, postponed for the second. I guess it's canceled. They they won't be able to reschedule it. Uh, and the CHL playoffs all canceled. So uh, yesterday, it was Kelly McCrimmon during his availability just touched on uh, the status of uh, Korzak and then Peyton Krebs and whether they would be reporting to the Henderson Silver Knights after their seasons were done. And he said at that point he didn't know whether the Western Hockey League was going to have any type of postseason or whether the, the teams would just finish out this 24-game sort of attempted schedule to, uh, one, give the kids an opportunity to play, number two, give scouts an opportunity to evaluate. Uh, but now it looks like it'll just be they'll teams will be the, like the champion of their 24-team hub and, and, and that's it. There won't be any postseason uh, on. That's, that's sad. Like um, I agree with it. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the the virus is definitely not near as uh, in a good spot in Canada as it as it is certainly in Nevada right now with the vaccination rollout uh, and and the positive cases, uh, but it's still it's still difficult uh, to, to stomach. Yeah, I mean it's it's you feel for those kids, right? Like you feel for uh, for for those young men that are are trying to kind of put their best foot forward and, and trying to play for something. Uh, more everyone's an athlete there and, and they want to compete to be the best and you understand it and and like i'm with you it, it, safety health and safety that is paramount that is first but um you know it's it's got to be a tough one for for the athletes to to swallow yeah. on this one uh, vancouver connects had 10 players skate on monday uh they had a few more uh today and the goal is the goal right now is to be able to play the Edmonton Oilers on Friday. So they're working in the right direction, and they're going to, uh, as uh, the uh, 
the organization said uh, they're just going to deal with it. And uh, if there's any effects uh, this week, the staff uh, will will be informing the National Hockey League. And, and there's, uh, there is an outside chance that they may not be able to play on 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 Friday. But uh, Jim Benning did say that uh, Travis Green, the head coach, was one of those uh, affected, which um, we wish him the uh, the best. But and and it sounds like again from everything that you put together that that a few of the uh, people, both coaches and players, uh, had some pretty significant uh, symptoms uh, during the course. But uh, turning a corner, we we f- keep our fingers crossed that uh, that they're going to make some progress and be able to uh, to be able to play that game and get the 56 games in. Uh, to to make it uh, across the board, a 56-game schedule in the National Hockey League. David Riddick, one of uh, the trades that I completely panned yesterday and still do not understand and won't understand uh, for the longest time as the Flames' backup goaltender was traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs for a third-round pick. Uh, a third-round pick for a backup goalie. Okay. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, yeah. back to uh, back to my thought. David Riddick is playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs today against mm-hmm. the Calgary Flames. Yes. Do you guys do you guys like that coaching decision? Throwing a guy right in against his former team. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. Uh, it's not really working out well for <laughs> Toronto right now. Two-one um, game, right? Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not bad, but Calgary's only got six six shots on goal, so. It's, yeah. it's not great. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I think that there's there's merit to just kind of throwing him in there. And, and you know, he's, he's been practicing with Calgary all season long. So if there's anyone that's going to have the book on their shooters, it'll probably be David Riddick, right? I love it. I love that. That's old school to me. Taking a guy, traded, you're playing against uh, that team the next night. Mm-hmm. You, as yeah. a goaltender, you throw him right in. I think it's awesome. I like the fact that he traveled with with the Calgary Flames to Toronto after being traded. Did, did what did they travel after the trade? Apparently, the trade yeah, yesterday? because because apparently uh, Milan Lucic was was uh, chirping him on the flight. Okay, so they were probably traveling right during the the, the trade deadline or or right around there. But yeah, they were going in the same direction. So let's say uh, it was no no different than Matthias Janmark yesterday. Yeah. Who, who flew from Columbus, was traded in the afternoon as the Blackhawks got set to face the Columbus Blue Jackets and then flew with Chicago back to the Windy City before uh, taking a flight. Uh, if he hasn't, hasn't arrived in L.A., he'll be arriving shortly uh, to join the, uh, join the Vegas Golden Knights. And let's see, uh, the plan, I think, is uh, we'll hear from him in the morning, and uh, I would think that he would be in the lineup because he's not, he's not traveling from... The only place that you have to quarantine is if you go to Canada, and in the United States, uh, if you're traveling, if you as long as you travel by private charter or charter, I guess you don't need the private there. Uh, then then you're okay. Uh, you don't have to quarantine. So uh, let's uh, let's hope that we can have Matthias Janmark in in the fold. Uh, on the subject of facing your former team, gentlemen, Taylor Hall in the lineup for the Boston Bruins against the Buffalo Sabers. Like, could you have not? Does everything have to come up like sour right now yeah. for the for the Buffalo Sabers? Taylor Hall uh, like works his own deal, basically does his own trade yeah. uh, because of the no movement clause, and works it to Boston. And the first game he plays, 
is against the Buffalo Sabres. And thank goodness he hasn't scored a hat trick because I'm not sure I could handle that. Uh, Come on. Just, just that much bad luck and misfortune on, on one franchise. Come on. You're Taylor hoping Hall's for not it? not going to score. No, no, no. Taylor Hall's not going to score a hat trick. Oh, like, no. This, that, only, that would be so the, Buffalo if he scored no. three goals in his first game for Boston when he only scored two <laughs> goals all year uh, against uh, for the Buffalo Sabres. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, I, and the Boston Bruins, they're doing everything that they can to physically decimate the, uh, the Buffalo Sabres. It has been... Uh, a very physical game, uh, one-sided in that regard. Uh, but the Sabres, they're, they're hanging in there. It's uh, its just a 2-1 game. The Bruins are up 2-1 uh, to one on the Buffalo Sabres. Taylor Hall, no points. So that's to be expected. Please, plus one. Well, good for he's him. He's got a shot. He's throwing a hit. Um, so he's, he's got done, a giveaway. He's done, more, he's, done, he's done more in Boston than he did in Buffalo. Good yeah, job. He's got uh, nine minutes of ice time. I, You know what? I think there's a lot of pressure on him to do something in Boston or, or else he goes from $8 million player to what, what if he, if it's a flop in Boston, yeah. what's the value of Taylor Hall? Does he go down to four? Well, I, I mean, I mean, you have to imagine that the, the value is going to drop significantly. Like if you're looking at a guy that that's, that's not in the upper echelon of the league, if, if we're looking at Taylor Hall and saying the MVP season, that was the anomaly, and, and this is kind of what he is, I, I mean, you, you drop to whatever the market value is for the type of player, right? Oh. Like, if you're, looking at, if you're looking at a 15-goal guy, then that's what his market value should be. By the way, all the people, and I had a conversation with Dan Rosen, uh, NHL.com, and at the Ring podcast today for the Sherp, all the people that say okay, Taylor's going to be okay because he's not the guy. I, mm. Shame on you. I didn't say shame on you to Dan. I was a little, bit more, I was a little bit more politically correct and uh, a little bit more delicate. Uh, but, no, like, oh, my, just because he's not the guy, all of a sudden he's going to just start performing? It's, I don't get that. It's a bizarre, yeah, I, bizarre justification for me. I, I mean, you know, some some guys just don't want to be that player. I guess like they don't want that pressure. But I mean, if you're Taylor Hall, it, it, you should be inviting that. You should be wanting that. You should like if you want to be an eight million dollar player or a nine million dollar player. Like you've you've got to take all of the things that come along with that, right? Like, and, and if you're shying away from being the guy, then you shouldn't be looking to get paid like the guy. Yeah, and I don't think he's ever said that. But there's been a whole bunch of conversation about it. Uh, yeah. But, okay, well, he's, he's never been surrounded by winners, and uh, he doesn't have to be the guy. Oh, please, just score goals. Yeah. Uh, Nico Heischer, uh, back uh, for the New Jersey Devils, missed 24 games with a facial fracture, and uh, he's wearing the, uh, the bubble. He had a broken leg uh, before the return to play this year while training in Switzerland, and then the uh, facial fracture. Uh, he's, he's only played a couple of games, and he's the new captain, uh, first-year captain of the of the New Jersey Devils. So uh, there's uh, there's a few news and notes for you uh, around the National Hockey League. Uh, did anybody did, did anything really change on trade deadline day, or is Tampa, Colorado, Vegas, uh, maybe throw Carolina in that mix? Toronto are those still your your top five? 
Um, yeah, I, I don't think that much changed for me. Um, I, again, I, I think you look at uh, at Tampa, they're all in again. Uh, Toronto, I, I think, pushed all their chips in into the uh, in, into the middle of the table, and they're the only team that really did that in the Canadian division. So um, I think it's it's right there for the Toronto Maple Leafs to come out of that division. And, and if they don't, I, I don't think that that's um, – that's not a good thing for Toronto, but yeah, I mean, I think the best teams in the league all season long are still the best teams, even after the trade deadline. We have a jersey to give away. We do. Let's we do, do that. Let's do that right now, so we can uh, make sure that everybody's uh, ready to go. So, uh, start dialing number uh, because we've got uh, we've got stuff to give away. All right, it is the. VGK jersey giveaway thanks to Finley Volvo where Swedish elegance and world-renowned safety await at FinleyVolvo.com. Caller number 15 hmm. for Peyton Caller number point streak. There you go. Caller number 15, you will win a Golden Knights jersey and you'll qualify to win tickets to see VGK versus San Jose on Monday, April 19th at T-Mobile Arena. 702-876-1340 is the number. Caller number 15, you've won a Golden Knights jersey and you will qualify for Vegas San Jose tickets thanks to Finley Volvo. Catching up with Chapman on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas is next. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. It's the most nervous part of every show. The time we turn it over to Chris Chapman for Catching Up with Chapman. (laughs) I like the intro. It's the most nervous part of the show. Uh, So... Some good news just came down. I know we have a good news segment, but this is also some good news coming down. On the COVID front, Governor Steve Sisolak was just on television giving a press conference, and it appears that the end is in sight. He has circled June 1st as the date that the state will fully reopen to 100% capacity. However, he also acknowledges that some counties have been given the opportunity to possibly do it earlier on May the 1st. And Sisolak cited because 40% of Nevadans 16 and older have gotten at least one dose of the COVID vaccine. He says that, uh, you know, Nevadans are doing their job. However, if you're an anti-masker, you're going to be disappointed to find out that he says masks will still be required and that counties will not have the ability to pass resolutions to create plans to override the statewide mandate. So no date has been set on when that will take place, but uh, the end appears to be in sight. June 1st should and could be a very good day here in the state of Nevada. That's great. Uh, Positive news, especially, well, a year ago, I keep thinking, a year ago, we were right in the middle of uh, this, but we were really at at the earliest uh, signs of it and the experience of it and we didn't we thought it was going to be a couple of months and it ended up being well now we're, we're going on a year so uh some some big progress and nice to have some uh, some optimism thanks uh, chappy that was that was very solid work today yeah well it's it's good news for all of us right everybody in the state has to be happy about this news because it seems like we're, we're, we're doing what needs to be done and not sure what that will mean should the golden knights be playing on june 1st but it could be positive news on all fronts. 
I thought about taking away your catching up with Chapman time today because you talk too much during the show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You should still do it anyway. Yeah, I didn't know what the thought crossed my mind. And then with that asinine comment about trying to, that you want to be the Buffalo Sabres. (laughs) I I was misquoted there. Go back and listen to it because you have to do it for the podcast. Is the podcast up again? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. So that's all taken care of? Everything is solid? Yes. We changed formats, but it appears to be resolved. Oh, good. Um, some news maybe coming down the line on a couple of other fronts uh, regarding some some podcasts on uh, on our front from uh, Fox Sports Las Vegas. So looking forward to uh, sharing that with you guys. Oh, I know I've got your interest now. Uh, Fox Sports Las Vegas presents the VGK Insider Show. We'll chat with you tomorrow. <laughs>